The Doctrine and Devotion Conference on Biblical Theology is just around the corner, and for this week, five lucky winners can get reimbursed for their ticket entry. Check out the show notes for details. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the Dude Bro of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, Dude Bro, Executive Pastor of Redeemer Fellowship. <laughs> What's up, Dude Bro? <laughs> What's up, Dude? Dude. No, see, I go, did. And what do I do then? Bruh. Bruh. Okay. That's yeah, how, see, that's did. Bruh. Bruh. Yeah, okay. I got it. I'm learning. <laughs> We're learning. We're getting this. We're getting this. So, uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Been a busy day. Yeah, today was yeah. today was busy. Today yeah. was pretty busy at work, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Then we got a doctrine and devotion planning meeting. Yep. Then we got an elders meeting. Yes. And then I got to go pick up my daughter from work. Yep. And I'm gonna go home uh, to put the kids to bed. So there's a women's ministry event tonight. So that's right, seven thirty here. They're studying right. Colossians. So usually I've got DG, but we're all like, eh, wives want to go to this, so we're gonna put our DGs on Monday nights. Oh, why wow, uh, moved it? Good. Yeah, so yeah. that. You know, men could be home to be with the kids. Take so care of the kiddos. Yeah, man. Yep. I like it. I like it. So, so I did this thing. Oh, you, you, did another thing? I did it. Well, it's the same thing. Oh, uh, remember that thing I did? Well, I, I guess I, how can I forget? My phone's been going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you get, I don't even, I don't get Twitter alerts. I don't get any social media alerts on my phone. I don't get, I don't know any notifications. See, I get no notifications for me. Yeah. Or anything. I get notifications for you. Yeah. Well, that's good because you care. You got to watch my back. That's it. Yeah. Well, because uh, if you don't know, it, most of you know, if you listen to the podcast, that um, earlier this week, I posted uh, a screenshot of an email that I got from Ed Stetzer. And uh, you know, Ed Stetzer is a, is a is a teacher. He's a, he's a preacher. He's a writer. Uh, he's a missiologist, really. Yeah. And uh, in, in, in his email, uh, he was answering a question that I'd asked about whether or not uh, the fallen pastor, James McDonald, had, back in the day, given him a car as a gift. And, uh, and Ed said in this email, yes, he did. Uh, I received it, you know, as a gift. I thought James had given it to me. But turns out, I found out later that it was um, – he used the church money or the walk in the word money mm-hmm. – to purchase that car for me. And once I found that out, I misappropriated funds. Yeah, that's right. I, I gave that money back. I I said, Oh, here's the money. I I don't, uh, I don't want to accept that kind of a gift. So I put that out there and I really, I'm to be honest, if I'm totally honest, I, I, I didn't put that up in my motive. I didn't put that up as a defense of Ed, certainly not a defense of James. Uh, I honestly thought this was information that people who are very invested in, uh, the conversation would appreciate. Right. Um, you thought you were doing a good thing. I thought, I thought like, you know, it's and a, then, and I was know. trying to be transparent, right? Like people, I was like, listen, Ed's a friend of mine. I know Ed. I'm not trying to hide that. Um, I included his whole email. You even said, hey, I'd like to come on the podcast again, like whatever. So, um, and in, in my mind, there were a couple of like relevant factors here that I mm-hmm. thought, like, let's go ahead and put this out there. Uh, one was, here's another example where we know for a fact James paid out big time to friends with church money. Okay. Uh, that was relevant to me. That- 
Yeah, you just said this is another example. Yeah, well, I think the, he had, we, it had already come out that a motorcycles or a gotcha. motorcycle had been gotcha. given. Gotcha, okay. So, uh, and the other thing that I thought was important was that, hey, listen, when Ed found out, he actually paid it back and he wasn't prompted by others to do that. Uh, the, the, no article had come out saying that Ed had received anything at this time. Mm-hmm. He found out and that how it was paid for and he gave the money back. So I thought, okay, well, this shows bad on James and good on Ed for paying it back. Mm-hmm. But so as I did this, of course, the responses and Twitter conversations and people started to go deeper, right? Yeah, I mean, some people were asking, uh, they're asking good questions, right? They're asking, like, okay, what does this then mean, right? What does this mean in the greater scheme of things, right? Uh, of what's going on at the church? What does that then mean for tax write offs? That's actually a really important question to ask. Right. You can't sit there and, you know, uh, yeah, take a gift, give money for the gift, and then receive a tax benefit for the gift. Like that, that, that goes against, uh, the, the law there. Uh, so the people were asking really good questions. Others, others were making accusations. Uh, yeah. some people were kind of going, you know, I, I don't know. Some people were hot, you know, some people were hot. Some people were, yeah. And I mean, you know, for me, probably the only thought, listen, people don't know us. Right. And I, and I understand that. And so that's, that's one thing. Uh, but it was kind of like this, like, oh, if you really cared about the people and if you really understood spiritual views, yeah, that that was a weird one for me, especially yeah. coming from churches that, you know, having experienced that and right. even ministering to those uh, and a, a, quite a few people. Well, let's talk about that in just a minute, like because the fact that we talked about this last week or earlier this week mm-hmm. and we got some extra feedback on that. So just on the tweet, people were asking questions, digging deep, digging into it, um, getting into stuff that I hadn't considered at all, yep. you know, because I was just again. Um, while I follow that this thing, I I wasn't really thinking uh, too deeply about this particular issue um, as it related to Ed. So, um, and people, I think some of you know, uh, you regular listeners know, I post stuff on Twitter, but I don't engage a lot on Twitter. So, yeah. um, you know, Jimmy t- does a little bit more of that than I do. Yeah, but even engaging, I don't really do. Yeah, it's I just, you know. and if, I wish if I had more time, I would, right? But I right. could just be so enslaved to it. Yeah, right, right. And so a uh, couple things here. Um that I said on Twitter as I was trying to engage, uh, I said a few things, uh, the, the few times I did engage, uh, and people didn't like these things, right? Um, number one, I said at one point in there that Ed doesn't owe people on Twitter that he doesn't know an answer to a question that they pose. Just because somebody poses a question to you on Twitter, if you don't know that person, I don't think you owe them an answer, yeah. right? I think that doesn't mean that Ed doesn't shouldn't offer an answer in general to the issue, but I don't think, and I, I used the word rando, Rambo? Like well, you're saying yeah. you're, you're being that's a how, Rambo? That's a, I think a lot of people hadn't heard the, that term before. Uh, I'm old. I figured that if you I know rando? it. Was, rando? Like rando. Like a random person. Like I said, like, listen, Ed doesn't owe an answer to every rando that, that uh, asks him a question. Doesn't owe an answer to that. And so, like, I think some people got a little uh, – first of all, it, it, that, that's funny uh, to me because it's just it, – first of all, here's the thing. It's not an insult. Everybody is a rando to somebody. Like a, a rando is simply a person that you are unacquainted with who is somehow now uh, seeking to engage you, step into your life, et cetera. It can be a really bad thing mm-hmm. or it can just be like a random person that is kind of stepping in. So um, I wasn't trying to insult anybody. I was just using a funny word. Um, so in, in, in answer to, the, to this general question, uh, you and I both think that it would have been good for Ed to get out there. Uh, and make his experience with James and his position on all things James McDonald public, right? Absolutely. I think I think it's a uh, 
I think it's a big mistake, Ed, that he has not already. Yeah. I think that he should have. Uh, I think it's important for him to do it. And I think the more time that passes is is unhealthy. Right. Right. So then we, uh, you know, then on Monday's episode, we wound up talking about um, about all this stuff, but only very briefly. Right. Because people if you're not a regular listener of the podcast, what you may not know is that when we started Doctrine and Devotion, we really wanted it to be. Two pastor theologians just talking, talking about serious stuff, but also just talking the way that we talk, which is we have a lot of fun. We laugh yeah. a lot and um, we goof around. So we take the serious thing seriously and uh, we catch up, shoot the breeze. And so in that beginning part, uh, we were just catching up and we touched on this uh, Twitter discussion debate. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't our subject for the episode. So we were just kind of recalling what had been happening throughout those week, throughout the week. And um, in that episode, uh, I think we wound up hurting some people. Yeah, I, I, mean, don't, I, think, I don't think I, I, don't, I think some people were hurt. I think some people were irritated by yeah, the way so, we handled it as well. Yeah, and um, so we want to clarify a couple of things here on that. Um, so number one, I think one people uh, people accuse me of saying that I don't pay attention to the to the harvest situation, and what I actually said was um, I quote don't pay attention to the thing end quote. What I was referencing, however poorly I was, I was attempting to reference, I was referencing the Twitter conversation itself, that I haven't been following that particular Twitter. I wasn't paying attention to that thing. So I do pay attention to the McDonald's issue. I pay very close attention to it. So I wasn't clear on that. That was on me. Bad on me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think another thing people talked about was uh, laughter. Yeah. You yeah. laugh too much. I, I do. I, I, you know, I do laugh. Uh, I, I, I have like a lot of nervous laughter. Joe always calls me out for that. But you I'm, laugh like Seth Rogen when he's high. No, that's not funny. You that's do. when I'm sick. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. <laughs> but no, it's like it, it, I do. I do have a lot of nervous laughter, uh, whatever, for whatever reason. Uh, but that's that's one of the things. But I think we laugh at the situations that we find ourselves in. And right. last week, I mean, the, that per- previous episode – I was laughing at Joe. It was an awkward situation, situation for us. Yeah. Situ- well, for Joe. Yeah. It was an awkward well, situation. For you too, by virtue of being, you no, know. No, it was an awkward situation for Joe. <laughs> and so I was just, I was laughing at him. I'm like, yeah. oh, you big dummy. Right. So that's, that's what we were laughing at. I'm sure that was confusing for people. Um, and one of the things that I said is we were ending the conversation, just that brief conversation on the front end of our podcast that was ultimately about something else. Right. Um, I said, listen, we're talking about nothing here. Let's move on. That wasn't fair to say. Um, I, 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 I certainly in my heart wasn't implying that this is a nothing issue. Yeah. Um, I should have said, we're talking about stuff that's not relevant to our topic of the day. People are tuning in to hear the topic of the day. Let's yeah. get to it. And now part of it too, Joe, is that I think a number of these people probably don't, they don't listen to the podcast, yeah. which is fine. They don't have to. But you often say that to me. All right, this, no one cares about this. Yeah, I say uh, all the time. All the time, Joe yeah. will say that. Yeah, that's nobody like cares a segue. about this. That's a segue yeah, to that, the that subject That could be a t-shirt hand. that we make. Nobody cares about nobody this. Nobody cares about this. Yeah. Uh, that's That's what... That's how we segue to our topic. Yeah. You know, uh, granted, eh, poorly done there. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't uh, again. I, I have no problem saying like poor execution, not very thoughtful. Yeah. And, uh, and, on my part. And even this whole thing, like we weren't we weren't trying to go deep. Right. No, it was just like, a catch up. It was just a catch up. We were just letting people know just a recap of how our week had, had yeah, been. Right. So let me say this. I am very sorry for uh, hurting people in how we rolled along with that conversation. Wasn't thoughtful or sensitive. I'm sorry. All right. All right. So now what we wanted well, to you, do. Are you going to apologize for me too? Like, are, am I going to apologize for you oh, or actually, to you? Well, no, you were the one that stepped in it. Never yeah, no, mind. I stepped I'm, in it. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know what? I do apologize as well. 
uh, for not controlling Joe better and letting him off his leash. You, you don't his control Twitter, you, let him off you his are Twitter an enabler. Leash. You are an enabler. You are not. You don't control anything. Before we get into the topic at hand, uh, let me just say this, Jimmy. Uh, the 2019 Doctrine and Devotion Conference on Biblical Theology is uh, is happening on May 3rd and 4th. And if you haven't registered, you can still register today. Go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash conference. It's going to be an amazing conference with Dr. James Hamilton as the keynote speaker. we got Dougie Logan up on the main stage speaking. Jimmy and I are going to be speaking. And we've got a whole host of breakout sessions on great topics. Uh, Steve McCoy, Jen Thorne, Nick Batzig, uh, Jasmine Holmes. Well, you know. Phil's going to be there too. Um, it's uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a really good conference. But here's what we're doing this week. This week, if you have registered or if you register this week, we're going to give five winners uh, a full refund on their ticket purchase. So uh, we have all the details in the show notes. What you have to do is copy and paste the text, the link, the hashtag, and the image into social media like Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and we will choose the winners this weekend. All right. So what we want to talk about today is this whole issue of pastors and money and influence, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, if we're talking about pastors and church money, like one of the things that comes up, obviously, in all of this James McDonald stuff is spending. Yeah. There's uh, pastors do have access to some church funds. Yeah. yeah but, but it's but I think both of us agree, Joe, that it should be limited. It should be checked and that it should be made known to the congregation. Right. So pastors have varying degrees of access to varying degrees of money. But the principles that we operate by is that uh, it needs to be limited to appropriate expenses and to an appropriate amount. Right. Yeah. So when we say limited to appropriate expenses, it means that, well, what you are authorized to spend money on should be limited to certain things, right? Correct. That's why you have, uh, what do you call those things? Where there's like a number and in the budget, there's like a number and it's like a line item. That's what mm, it is. There's good line job. I was going to let you sit here and hang yeah, on Yeah, yeah, I know you are. Thanks. <laughs> so there are these line items that uh, that should to some degree say like, well, this is the realm in which you can spend these monies, right? Yeah. But it's also limited to an appropriate and then, amount. And yes, because each each line item has a yearly you know budget set amount that you can't go over. You shouldn't be going over. And it's not just that, like when you when we say appropriate amount, that also then means not just for budget wise, but it also means expense wise. Like Joe can't sit there and go and make a fifteen hundred dollar purchase. Nope. <laughs> no, we, we we don't. He can't that without the uh, approval of. Uh, the relevant parties, right? Right, right, right. And that's what we mean by it being checked, right? So it, check means that the expenditures are checked by the treasurer or the finance team, relevant parties like maybe elders, deacons, whatever. But there are uh, checks and balances, right? Yep. yep. Uh, in there along the way. But then we also believe, now this is the spooky part to some of my friends, uh, that this should be made known to the congregation, right? I mean, you can't list every single expenditure that's made uh, no. in a budget. That would be impossible. But you can do what? Uh, what you, we do put like the monthly and yearly amount that we spend and we make that known. So every, every member's meeting, uh, they see how much year to date we've spent on every single line item. Yeah. So they know the, the up-to-date, uh, expenses of the church, uh, down to a penny. Now, if a, if a member says, uh, and, and any member can request, they could say, Hey, for this line item, I'd like to see a breakdown. They have access to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, you know, part of being a, a congregational church, right? Yeah. Um, we, we, we like transparency there. Now, this is in contrast, right? Limited, checked, and made known to the congregation. This is in contrast to the way things were happening at Harvest and at a lot of other churches. Uh, in, in this case, you know, James, uh, they, they kept a lot of the budget, you know, vague, and some of the budget 
was completely off book, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not even, he was allowed to spend just thousands, thousands, tens of thousands, I would say, of dollars uh, a month on, on anything. I mean, Roy's, Julie Roy's in, in her article this last week, uh, and she's referred to in the past as this black budget. Okay. And she mentions it's roughly 20% of the yearly budget. 20% of that particular, yeah, of that, and that's a big budget. That's a big budget. 20%, 20% is a lot no matter what. But. 20%? Of your budget is the black budget. I mean, uh, I'm taking a quote here. She's She was talking to the former uh, Harvest Comptroller, Allen, and he said that the funds for the purchase did not come. And he's talking about the uh, the Harley-Davidson for the former assistant senior pastor, Rick Donald. The funds for the purchase did not come from the portion of the budget he controlled, but likely came from the, quote, black budget. This is a portion of the budget, about 20%, that according to the former comptroller was hidden from all staff. So the congregation doesn't know about a lot of the stuff, but not even the staff. Not even the staff, except McDonald and the former Harvest CFO, Fred Adams. Good grief. All right. So the the, the spending. You understand then why people are asking questions, right? Yeah, like you of get, course. Like the, and I even get like, listen, like some people are hurt and some people are angry. And I, and I even get the anger, right? When you love your church and you trust your leaders and you d- wind up defending them yeah. when people are making accusations. And then you find out all of this stuff. Man, I would be horked off, too. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, that's a that's. That's a lot, man. So there, there's, there are the spending problems, but then we're getting to this issue of, of, of giving, right? The okay. giving of gifts, uh, you know, generosity or benevolence. And, you know, James, here's the thing. Like James was known among his friends. And I, cause I know, like I've, I've, I've hung out with James a couple of times. We were never friends. He knows who I am. I know who he is. And he, he was your mentor. He was not my mentor. Um, but uh, but we did have a nice argument about uh, amillennialism and limited atonement one time. Uh, that was fun. So anyways, um, he was, but he was known among his friends. I know his, I'm friends with some of his friends. And he was, they would say he was a generous guy. Now everybody wants to immediately, when I say that, everybody wants to jump and say like, but he was generous with money that he shouldn't have been generous with. It's not generosity. Like, okay, I know that I'm not, I'm not, Defending James, I'm not yeah, saying we're not that defending he was legitimately the of funds. No, and I'm not saying he was a legitimately generous person or not. I'm saying like he was known as that by his friends. I know people that got very expensive gifts from him that were weird. Okay, that's a weird thing. So when we're talking about the giving of gifts at, from from pastors and from churches, uh, you know, what's something that comes to mind, Jimmy? Like when we when we do it here at Redeemer, when we think yeah. churches are doing this right, what's one of the first things that that we ought to be considering? <laughs> well, yeah, giving? first thing is the person in need. Mm. Uh, yeah. So if we're talking about the benevolence fund right. and we're talking about uh, assisting and helping and, and coming alongside someone, are they in need? Right. Right. We're not just like, hey, well, this would be a nice thing to do. Just going to bless that person. They don't yeah. have a need, but I just want to bless them. I just want to bless that, them. That's, that's not appropriate. No, it's, it's for those that have a, a legitimate need. Right. Limited resources. And in any church, hopefully um, there's a diverse socioeconomic uh body, yeah. uh, a group of people. And then w- because you have a diverse group, you are then able to have all things in common, like an ax and then help one another when those needs arise. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that though, with that, yeah. with that, then there's the guidelines, right? Yeah. These guidelines that we, we talked about that's limited, checked and it's made known to the congregation. We might not, we don't make known the individual, right? Uh, but we might just say, Hey, X percentage of benevolence went towards this sort of, yeah. you know, here's uh, a need, here's a need, need. financially. So with that guideline, like, uh, when we're asking about it, you know, when someone's coming forward with a with a, with a request, a benevolence request, we do try to say, okay, have you explored every avenue? Oh yeah. And once we know, yes, you know what, they've done everything they could. We, we'll ask, do you have? Do you have savings? Yeah. You're, you're asking for help in this area, but do you have savings? Uh, okay. Well, 
if if you have savings and you should look into that to be Correct. responsible. Correct. Have you kind of exhausted maybe uh, whatever you, what, just all the Resource, options yeah. that are yeah, that are available to you. Once that's happened, okay, good. Yeah, then and we're I, in. I love that, like, because I don't, I really have zero to do with the benevolence and the giving, mm-hmm. uh, not only because I'm not a generous person, but also because uh, we have other people like that's their ministry, the deacons in particular, yep. right? And so, um, like, they're the ones that are constantly bringing stuff to our attention. Like, hey, here's a need. And we know about it sometimes. And then we talk to the deacons and say, why don't you run with this? Yep. Um, and man, I love to see how the leadership in the church are are actively responding to and even seeking out ways that we can take care of each other. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good idea for that to probably be handled by the deacons. I think that is a diaconate kind of ministry. But, okay, so the the, the giving of gifts in general uh, is fine, but there should be some parameters. But we're, what we've been talking about here in this whole situation with Ed and James is the receiving of gifts. That's really been the emphasis. Yeah. Like, uh, and pastors get gifts too. Pastors receive gifts. Um, I received two gifts this month. Oh, what? from church family. Two gifts. I got uh, one's right on the chair right there. It is a very nice green T-shirt that says, uh, "That's what I do. I smoke cigars and know things." So it was a very nice <laughs> uh, church family that uh, gave me that just as a surprise little gift. It was very sweet. And I got a custom coffee mug made by, uh, I don't want to say her name because people keep asking her to make mugs for her. Oh, I know you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. Like Chris Summer. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, um, I got two gifts. This, it's not uncommon. Uh, people like to say, hey, thanks for your preaching or yeah. thanks for your ministry. And even in October with Pastor Appreciation Month, right? Yeah. People get, a lot of pastors get a lot of gifts. Yeah. They, they get, you know, appropriate gifts. Yeah. They get, you know, I'll, they'll put gifts on my desk or, you know, Pat's uh, Pat's desk. And so, the, I, actually, I know a pastor uh, when I was a young Christian. Um, when he was a young pastor, pastoring this church, he was driving this hoopty, you know, car worse than my hoopty. Like this car mm-hmm. was busted. And so a, a church member came up to him one day and he's like, hey, listen, I need your help picking out a car. Can you come with me? And they, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's like, I'll help you. Yeah, sure. He kind of knew about cars. So the pastor goes with this guy to the dealership and uh, and he's like, all right, so out of these cars, like, what's the best? What do you like? like and he's like, well, this is a good car. Um, and he kind of narrowed it down. And so he's asking the pastor, but which one would you like? Do you think this is a better car? Like, which one would you pick? And he's like, well, I would pick this one. This is definitely the, the, a cool car. It's a good car. It's a, all that. And the guy goes, great. Um, here are the keys. I'll take care of it from here. And he bought that guy that car. He had already talked to the dealership in advance. And um, and so I think that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with somebody even giving an extravagant gift like that to a per- to another person, even if that person is a pastor. But receiving gifts, um, is, you, you shouldn't always receive gifts. Sometimes you have to say no to a gift yeah. that's offered. And there are, are like three basic questions that we ask uh, when a gift is offered that we think people should ask. At least three. There's probably more. Yeah. Uh, we think of three three questions to ask uh, that will help you determine whether or not you should accept or reject a gift, right? Yeah. First, I think people should be asking, who is giving the gift? Right. <laughs> who is this person to me? Yeah. Uh, what's the relationship? And uh, and again, that may or may not automatically set it up for you to say no. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. It uh, doesn't necessarily. But another question is, is, okay, so what is it that they are giving? Like, what is the gift? Now, Again, that may not in and of itself mean it's a no-go. This guy got a car, mm-hmm. uh, this, uh, this pastor friend that I, I knew. But, uh, there, it, but it may be such an unnecessary gift, such an extravagant gift. It could be a gift that like, well, I don't need the help. Why would you – I'm fine. I'm, yeah. So that's, that's another question. 
But really, like the deep question yeah, is why are they giving me this gift? Right. What's the motive behind it? And we're not trying to say be cynical, but you should be uh, you should not like critical in the, in the good critical sense of thinking. The word. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thinking it through to yourself. OK, what why why am I receiving this gift? So what about what about that gift to Ed? So, you know, Ed wanted to restore a Volkswagen Beetle with his daughter, father daughter thing. We think that's very awesome. Yeah. Well, I know Ed loves his family and he wants to do something cool with his daughter. And so James finds out that Ed wants to restore a vintage Volkswagen Beetle. Ed had done that before in the past. And so James said, hey, Ed, I got it for you. Here you go. Boom. Gift for you. Um, so like, let's kind of like, kind of go through this. Okay, I mean, so well, who, who was given the gift? Well, James McDonald. OK. Right? So now some people are like that. That obviously you don't ever accept a gift from James McDonald. OK, well, hindsight makes that very easy. Yeah. Right now you could sit there and say it's that. Very right? easy. That but, being said, though, yep. when, when it did happen, yep. in, what was it, April 2018? Or yep. what? Okay. I yep. mean, James was still, it, it, we, these stories didn't come out, right? Like as far as Julie Roy's and her world article. The or, big media had not picked up on this yet. No. But, but he was still in the midst of scandal. The right? elephant's he, he was, was still, out exactly. and had been out for a long time. He was still facing accusations. So there, there was still, it was well known. I should, I, maybe I'm wrong in saying that, but I'll, I'll own this. I think it was a well, there was a well-known pattern of abusive leadership behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, listen, I knew about it. Uh, I'd, I'd heard testimonies and we had talked about it to a lot of people, even staff, staff coming here. Right. Yeah. Staff coming in. It's like, what do I do with this, man? I'm getting beat up yeah. you know, by these, by, by the pastors at harvest. So, um, so, okay. So even if we don't have, didn't have all the information at the time, um, there, uh, there was enough information known to make it at least questionable whether or not you should receive a gift from James just because of what we know about James at that time. Yeah. Um, I think the we know what was question, given. That's yeah, we know. It's it, a car. An expensive car. And, and it, uh, a $30,000 car is not an expensive car in and of itself. But if you're restoring a car and it's that, like that sounds like it's mostly restored already at $13,000. It's, it's definitely a big gift. $13,000 is a lot of money. It yeah. may not be an expensive car compared to new cars and all that, but that's a lot of money. Um, but I, and is it, you know, it gets down to like, well, is, was there a need? Did Ed need help getting the car? Did well, he not the afford thing, the right? car? Like, it's kind I, of a weird. Ed, Ed, I don't see why Ed would have needed the help. Do you know what I mean? But maybe uh, again, like again, I don't, well, we'll get to whether or not we think Ed should have taken the gift in later, but, um, okay. But you don't need a cigar. Mm-mm. You could buy your own cigars. Yep. But I give you cigars and you give me cigars. Yeah. That's a cigar. But if you came to me and said, Jimmy, I want to give you this car. I'm not taking that car. Because you think my car's a piece of junk. That's why. You would well, not take that, my car. Even if you went and bought me a new one. <laughs> Secondly, because here's the thing. There are, there are some people, and I, I'm one of these people. I'm one of these people that I I am, I do just fine. Okay? I do well. You know, I I, I would, and I hope it doesn't come off prideful. But that's that's the thing, right? Is that in my head, it's like, it's such an expensive item, right? I, I just don't think I could have accepted that uh, because I'm I'm not a person in need. Okay. So what if somebody though, so you would accept a cigar from me to you because mm-hmm. a cigar meat paying for a cigar is not a big deal. Yeah. But what if you had a friend who, who I knew was struggling financially? No, no, no. What oh. if you had a friend who uh, made even more money than you? And he was like, he's like, Hey man, um, I know that, uh, that you like cigars. So I bought you a box of these super rare cigars that are incredibly expensive. You I would probably, take it. You would accept that. I gift. would accept that. So sometimes yeah. you can accept a gift that is expensive, yep. uh, even if there isn't a need, as just the reception of a gift. So the yes, gift because itself, of, because of the love, yes, that I know relationship, that they have for you know me. the yep. person. So the gift itself isn't the deal breaker. 
Correct. Right. It comes down to all of these things. Who is giving? Well, what are they giving? And why are they giving it? Yeah. And there are other factors as well. Why are they giving it? Um, uh, okay. Listen, we ultimately can't know for sure why James no. gave that gift. But we can guess. Yeah. And I think I, I, so. Um, well, I mean, I think uh, the best case option? scenario, he was trying to be kind and, and generous and gracious. He liked his boy and he wanted to give a gift. Yeah. The other option is uh, he was giving Ed a gift to influence Ed uh, or to try to exert some sort of control or to um, looking for a quid pro quo, yeah. something like that. And it seems like that's something that James had done quite a bit in the past. Um, so that's certainly a possibility. Here's the thing. And listen, based on what I've seen in the media and what I've heard reports from people that were in that church and have been going through all of that, um, that tends to be my take is that James motive in giving gifts seems to be uh, control. Oftentimes, if not all the time, uh, control, manipulation, influence, leverage. Yeah. Now, that may have been his thing. I, I don't think that that necessarily means that Ed was on the take, you know, that, that Ed was like a part of this whole thing. And here's I, – I, I can't say that Ed, – like Ed and I don't pal around, but we are friends. And He's um, your mentor. He's not my mentor. Stop that. And every time you say he's my mentor and I say he's not, then he's like, dude, why'd you say I'm not your mentor? Yeah. And then I, I got to go, because you're not my mentor, dude. No, I don't I'm understand why you won't just admit okay, that Ed, Ed is your mentor. Um, here's my, my take on Ed is that he is not easily influenced. And I my take on Ed is that I don't think Ed feels that he owes people much. I don't, I, I don't think he's the kind of guy who feels beholden to people because they've done something for him. Mm -hmm. Um uh, now I can be wrong in, in that assessment, but that that's my take on Ed. I think Ed has um, has a good heart. I think he's doing good stuff. So I, I don't think he was in on all of this, but that doesn't answer the question, right? So just because I don't think Ed was on the take or doing anything intentionally wrong when he took the gift, I don't think he was thought like I don't think he was intentionally uh, breaking protocol or rules or in his own mind. I don't think he was doing that. But should Ed have accepted that gift? In your opinion? In my opinion, no. My opinion as well. He should not have accepted that gift. Um, and it's pretty simple in, in our mind. And again, it's easier for us because it's hindsight, right? Mm -hmm. It's always easier. But um, we would say, no, he should not have accepted that gift for uh, two basic reasons, right? Yeah. I'm, uh, James' reputation and Ed's position. Right. So we've already said um, there was already a reputation. There was already a lot of scandal. Yeah. There was an exodus of people from the church. Um, this was before Julie Royce and all of that did the articles. But that is a good enough reason to go. Ah. Yeah, give, give, that should give you pause. Right. Right. And then the second reason is it, Ed's position. I mean, I, I think many argue and I think they're correct that it's unethical to accept gifts, especially when you got when uh, when you're in a certain position of authority or, or, or a position of influence. Right. Right. It's like, so there are certain businesses and industries where it is policy. You do not accept gifts. Yeah, Journalists like, is one of them. Yeah. I, I like even with my my. Uh, my employment, I cannot accept gifts from vendors. Yeah, and you. Can't I also cannot yeah. give gifts right uh, to my customers. Mm -hmm. You know, I once I, early on, I was like, oh, I'm going to send my uh, one of my customers uh, a nice box of cigars. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I was like, hey man, what's uh, if I want to send you something? What's uh, your, your large corporation? What's how do I get it to your desk? And he's like, uh, yeah, well, you just don't. Yeah. I, I, can't, I, <laughs> no, I appreciate can't the offer. That. That's very kind. I cannot accept that. Now I have seen you pick a nice selection of expensive cigars for. Your lawyer. Uh, yes. That's okay. That is okay. I give it to my lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> but not to your customers. You can't you can't buy people's, you know, loyalty and contracts. With, no, no, uh, but I do people. want Tim's attention. You want your lawyer's attention. Yeah. I want him to be thinking about me all the time. Um 
also, and then, you know, of course there's, you know, the issue of, of need and not, you know, a lot of people brought up like, that's a lot of money for a gift to be given by a pastor, even if you don't know that he's using it, yeah. f- the wrong kind of funds. Like, you know, some people would say like, well, wouldn't you think if you're not in need, like, man, why don't you give it to somebody that actually needs the help? Yeah. So I think that's a fair question. I think it's a fair question. Um, so, but the thing with all this, Joe, is like, when we talk about should, should have, should Ed have accepted this gift, whether or not like you and I both think Ed Ed is not a guy that's easily influenced. I don't think he owes anybody anything. I don't think he he can be bought. The man cannot be bought. I don't think he can be bought. I don't think he can. But I'm sorry, Ed, but the timing of this, it looks the, bad. The, the optics of this, the, the perception is there. And if that perception is there, you have to deal with that. And right, people so, are asking legitimate questions about that. Right, right. Because here's the thing. You know, Ed's position uh, of influence in ministries and organizations um, is – is problematic because if you work for CT and you're you're an editor, even though they you know they would argue well, he's not a real editor, he's just a title. Or no, but his title is editor, and he works for a publication, an yeah. online publication yep. that reports yep. news. Right. Sorry. Yep. The the the. I agree. I'm, like just telling, I'm, I'm just telling you what they said. I'm just I'm saying. saying. I'm just saying. If it walks like a duck and it, it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Or James McDonald. Um, well, no, this one or Ed Setzer. Yeah, okay. but no, but so this is the thing. You because Ed because of your your position in those, in those things, it, it looks really bad in light of how things unfolded. Right. So here's what it looks like to a lot of people out there. All right. It looks like James gave gift to Ed, um, to influence, manipulate or control or leverage. And then in response, Ed gives a gift to James, which is the connection to Christianity today. Now, this was confirmed by Mark Galley at Christianity today, that Mm -hmm. it was Ed that introduced, uh, James, to somebody at CT, and the consequence of that was that CT published James' article on suing Christians on November second, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. So this was months later, uh, but same year, about six, I seven think, months later. Yeah. But even even after that, CT you know reproduces uh, like Harvest article, like oh, the press release, and their all press that. release, yeah. yeah, defending or defending themselves against uh, the World Magazine article. Right, and so. So you can see how that looks to people, right? Even even if Ed, um, you know, wasn't like trying to pay his his friend back for the gift that he gave him, it, at the very least, it looks really bad. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, listen. Uh, one of the things that we that I think that you and I try to do, Jimmy, is we 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 try to be as honest as we can and trans- as transparent as we yeah. can. We try not to hide whether it's our perspective or um, the things that we do. We, we try to be transparent. And, um, you know, sometimes that uh, that gets us in trouble. Sometimes it's um, – it's hopefully it's, it's also helpful to people. And so you, you got to understand, like, uh, I'm not dogging Ed. I actually like Ed. Um, eh. But <laughs> stop it. <laughs> you like Ed too. But – but the reality is, is, you know, like I've told Ed, like, I, dude, I think you should say something. I think you should come out public and just have an interview, do the whole thing. Yeah. Like, talk about it. Just put everything out there so that you can actually, like, be transparent, move yeah, on. That's and just that you've got nothing to hide, right? Let, like, that's just it. You've got nothing to hide. Yeah. So just, like, let's just go ahead and talk about it. And if you did do something wrong, like, okay, so maybe maybe Ed will come to the place. And maybe he's already there. I would maybe, In fact, I would assume he's there, but I don't know. I haven't asked him a specific question. But hopefully Ed's at the place where he'd say like, yeah, that was dumb. I should not have accepted that gift. Okay. Okay. Then here's what you do. You say that thing out loud and say like, <laughs> that was a, that was a dumb thing that I did. Cause we all do dumb things. Yeah. Joe right? does so it all the time. I do it all the time. Yeah. Kind of like, over, like this weekend when he posted a screenshot. Of- that wasn't that a dumb thing. That was helpful. <laughs> all right. So, 
what do you what do you think Ed should do? I mean, in all of this, I mean, listen, we and again, these are just our perspective. Our, this is our perspective on all this. We don't have all of the information. We don't know all of the legalities. We don't know. All, yeah, this is just our perspective. What what do you think Ed should do? Yeah, I mean, I think you've said it. I think he needs to to speak out. He needs to come. You know, uh, he's already clean. I shouldn't say that, but he he needs to open. He needs to let people know. Uh, but I think if he he I think I'm trying to word it in a, in a way. Um, I think Ed could be a catalyst for some lasting change, right? Even in the midst of this, this, uh, uh, what's going on there, right? Because, uh, I just, I think Ed could help. And I think, uh, Ed, Ed though has lost a voice. He's lost his voice, uh, in this by not speaking. Yeah. And, you know, as a guy that I know cares about abuse in the church, like yeah, I, I, he's got a book coming out on that. I know he does care about people and he cares about these things. This is a pretty big deal. And and not only is it a big deal, but it's local. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very local. This is right in your backyard. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I think I think Ed should have a big sit down with with somebody and. And and lay it all out there. Uh, good, bad, and ugly. Here's what happened. Yeah. I'm sorry for what I did that was wrong. Uh, I'm sorry for how things were perceived if they're just perceived wrong. And uh, and let's learn from this and then go in, in a good way. Yeah. And I think – but along the same lines, I think for other people, I think sometimes when I when I read these, uh, when, I, when I read people's reactions and their comments, I think sometimes they're trying to draw blood from a stone. Yeah. Kind of a thing, right? Like now, granted, with Ed, he hasn't spoken up. So, okay, you're going to keep getting it, right? And rightfully so. Hey, Ed, stop blocking people on Twitter. That's it. Like, you're, you're, you're going <laughs> to know you, you block a lot of people on Twitter. But, but, you know, I see other people like like Mo, Pastor Mo, that admitted it, you know, they it, confessed it, apologized, tried to pay back. Like, to me, it's like, okay, how much how much blood do you want from the man? Right? Yeah. How much how much blood do you want for this guy to to make restitution. My, my fear is, is that, and maybe, maybe a guy in its position, their fear would be like, it doesn't matter how much I say, they're just never going to stop, you know? And maybe it feels that way. Um, but I just know me, I, I would want to say something. I would want to, yeah. I would want to say if I, especially if I did something wrong, cause it, it, it would, it, it's embarrassing. I just want to like, let's, let's confess it. Let's get it out there. Um, and even if I didn't want, even if my highest motive wasn't to honor God and to help the church and to, and to vindicate myself because I'm innocent, even if those weren't the highest motives, the, the lower <laughs> motive of pride would, I think, move me. Like, I don't want to look stupid. So um, we'll just, you know, it's like, I just, I just would want to come, come clean with that. So these are our thoughts uh, yeah. on all of this, and I'm sure some people will not like some of the things that we said. That's okay. Um, we have listen. We have a lot of listeners uh, that, uh, and we have listen. We're Reformed Baptists. We have a lot of we've uh, what we got a hundred thousand downloads a month. Yeah, and a lot of those are not Reformed guys and girls. They're just people, and so we can and, disagree. And, yeah, and if you don't like That's what fine. we have to say, you got you got an issue with it. Feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Joe Thorne. No, that's not that's, okay. That's head, head on over to no, at don't. Joe Thorne. No, there's no at Joe Thorne. Th- and there, uh, that's you why go you've got to- numbers and underscores in your name, so people can't <laughs> direct message you. Listen, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, Coming up, we're going to do an episode on pastors' salary, lifestyle, and preachers and sneakers. Preachers, we've also got though. Hold on, we got an episode coming up. We're we're going to be uh, sitting down with Julie Royce. Well, we're talking to her about it. I know, she's spilling the beans. What? She, she said that it sounds good, but like, we come on. No, it sounds like she's in. Yeah, we but, just but, have but, it. We no, had to arrange a time. Have to arrange a time. I know. What, what are we going to talk about there, Joe? I don't remember. Oh, we wrote it down, but I don't remember. We're going to talk about ethics. Yep. Good job. There you go. And. 
you know, I don't, I'm only going to leave okay, that one. No, I'm only going to leave that okay. one. I don't want to give everything. about ethics and stuff. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And um, so stay tuned for that. Um, listen, if you want to join the conversation, um, you can do that on Instagram or Twitter, at Doc and Devo. We are happy to hear your thoughts. We like to hear your thoughts. Um, if you're totally rude, we're just not going to engage or we'll make fun of you because uh, that's what we do because uh, this, this is our podcast. But uh, but if you have real questions and a real pushback, that's totally fine. Uh, feel free. Keep it civil. And uh, you can follow us at Facebook, right? Uh, Facebook.com slash Doctrine and Devotion. You go to our website, DoctrineAndDevotion.com. And we've got fresh pod coming out every Monday and Thursday. We've got videos that tend to drop on Fridays. And we've got blog posts that are coming out every Wednesday. So check it out. Tell a friend. Later. Later.